One, two, three. That is how the Blue Jays went in the top of the first. Ground out, strike out, ground out. Welcome to the world that is Garrett Cole and his scary fastball and his wild slider and his intimidation factor. So we'll see what the Jays can do now. Hunjin Ryu gets the start for the Blue Jays. We'll keep you updated on that game, but nothing, nothing at Yankee Stadium where there are a few fans. And they now move to the bottom of the first. We are moving closer to hearing from the Premier, but we have an opportunity right now to hear from the Director of Education from the Thames Valley District School Board, Mark Fisher. Mark, thanks for taking some time for us. How you doing? Good, Mike. How are you this afternoon? You know what? I, I can't complain. I'm, I'm eager to see and interested to see what the Premier has to say. When we look at what is happening in schools right now when you when you kind of paint a picture of what's going on in thames valley what brush do you select where do you wind up starting oh i start with the fact that we have schools that are well prepared uh, from a health and safety perspective obviously there's some concern with the increase uh, in covid particularly the variants of concern in the broader society Uh, so we're monitoring really really closely uh, and we're doing everything in our power to, to keep schools open because, obviously, we prefer our kids to be in school. Absolutely. Now, when we look at, at kind of the the way that we're headed at the moment, we're going into the Easter weekend, and then there will be four days. And then for anybody who hasn't heard, the April break, where does that stand? So the April break will happen, so April 12th to 16th. Uh, will be off. Uh, so basically, you're looking at the Easter weekend, four days off, back for four days of school as of this moment, uh, and then the spring break and back to school after the spring break. But, uh, you know, things change rapidly, as you know, Mike. No doubt. We did see a statement from the education minister, Stephen Lecce, this morning outlining that schools, plan is right now, will remain open. How closely does a school board have to follow what is set out by the province. Can a school board choose to do something different if they see different information? I mean, really, we have to follow the guidelines that are provided by the Ministry of Education. If there are things that do not work from a local perspective, certainly we can advocate for that kind of change. And then we have to do our very best. And a great example was Uh, We are committed to keeping all of our schools open, but we had a situation, as you know, in Central Public School Woodstock earlier in the week where we had widespread exposure to COVID, and we made the decision locally to close that school for a two-week period to make sure that staff, students, and the broader community were kept safe. Mark, what goes into making that decision? Because, like you say, if if there are cases, we've seen cases in schools and the schools remain open. So when you're going to decide to close a school, what factors come into play? Well, we consult closely with the local health units, and then really it's around how contained is the exposure. So sometimes you may have multiple cases, but they're all contained within a specific class or classroom. Uh, Other times you have uh, exposure that's more widespread. And now with the new quarantine rules, it makes it more challenging when you have a number of staff and a number of students that have to quarantine uh, for 14 days. It makes it logistically or operationally difficult to keep open. And that's really what happened uh, in Woodstock. So we had a situation where there was multiple exposures in multiple settings that just made it too challenging 
for us to keep the school open to make sure that we could keep everybody safe. And we didn't want a small situation to turn into a large situation. We are talking with Mark Fisher, Director of Education with the Thames Valley District School Board. And then conversely, how do you decide when it's okay to reopen that school? So we follow, again, the guidelines of the of the health units, and then people are quarantined, or we have uh, testing that goes on, and then once we have these negative tests and we re- return asymptomatically and have no quarantine or the quarantine period is finished, uh, then we will open the schools. And while the school building itself is closed, we go in and do extensive uh, cleaning protocols just to make sure that we're doing everything within our power to keep things safe. And even in that situation, Mike, in Woodstock, it was not transmission within the school. Really, almost all of these are transmission in the broader society and just get reported or noticed when the kids or staff come to school. Right. And, I mean, that's that's kind of a reflection of, of where everybody is sitting right now, no matter what. We're talking with Mark Fisher, Director of Education with the Thames Valley District School Board. When we talk about the change over i mean think back to last year when you were trying to make that change over to go remote learning is it easier now because it's been done once or twice before or there's still challenges present in trying to move from having a class in person to having a class online well i think it's always challenging for students and families to pivot back and forth in terms of our perspective as a school board, we're much in much better shape. Uh, we've deployed over 25,000 devices in the last year. We have trained all of our teachers. This time last year, we had roughly a third or 40% of our staff that were unfamiliar with all these digital platforms. Now all of our teachers are using the digital platforms. They all are trained and have had professional development. So we literally are ready to pivot uh, in a very short time, and we're much better prepared. And the learning experience for kids and students is much better remotely now than it was this time last year. When we turn back the clocks, there were various dates, I think two in total, that were provided should parents want to have their kids go full remote learning or to go back into the classroom. Is there any discussion about creating an opportunity for parents in switching their daughter or son to remote learning based on on what we're seeing now going forward in this latest shutdown announcement that we're anticipating? Yeah, I know that that is a question that we get a lot. The reality, Mike, is that it's really not feasible for us to be switching back and forth uh, for students at this stage of the year. We're pretty much three-quarters, two-thirds of the year finished, and it's just too destabilizing for us, us as a system to constantly have to worry about shifting staff. So we will allow exceptional circumstances if there are something that is really mitigating in nature. I mean, otherwise, kids will stay in the platform, uh, whether they're in remote or whether they're face-to-face. And if it becomes too dangerous to continue on face-to-face, then the entire system will move over remotely. And when we think about next year, uh, we will be giving parents the option of, of virtual learning, but people will have to make the decision and then stick with the decision for the year. We can't have this toing and froing going back and forth. It's just not sustainable in the long term. What kind of feedback do you get from educators on having that that mix where you have some students on screen and some students in person? Is is it possible to get used to that after a while? It's challenging. I think really what we have found out that 
if you are doing the remote learning, there are ways to do that really, really effectively, but you need that relationship still between the student and teacher. If we don't have that long-term established relationship, it's like anything else in life, it's not going to work as well. Uh, so that works better with stability and consistency, and that's really what we're going to strive for. We want to give parents choice about face-to-face -face or remote, but we also want to support our teachers so that they have more consistency and stability in the type of instruction and the relationships they will develop with their students. Mark Fisher joining us, Director of Education with the Thames Valley District School Board. Uh, Mark, just one other thing, and that is teachers being in the positions that they are in. We're looking at essential workers. We're looking at them being in the front of the class. We're looking at them having to interact with people in close quarters. Has there been any indication that teachers or other parts of education, any other staff members, might be given any added priority when it comes to vaccinations? Well, this is a great point, and my preference and strong advocacy to the ministry is that all frontline education workers be made priority. We want to keep our schools open. It's good for society. It's good for the economy. It's good for students. But we really need to make sure that our frontline education workers get vaccinated and get vaccinated as quickly as possible. Well, Mark, we really appreciate it. As, as a final note, is there anything that can help that parents, caregivers, grandparents might need to know that might make things uh, easier or move more smoothly? The only thing is I, I do appreciate and respect uh, their patience. Uh, there are a lot of things that, as a local school board that we can't control in terms of decisions and the variables around COVID. Uh, we just always need to be prepared to move forward with whatever model that we have. And whether we switch to remotely now or in two weeks or in four weeks, we just need to be prepared for when that happens or if that happens. And uh, we'll continue to support your kids. Well. Mark, we appreciate your time and your availability to speak with us. We're about to find out what the Premier is going to say. The news conference has been bumped a little bit longer, so it looks like it's going to begin at 1.45. But thank you for bringing us up to date on everything from an education perspective. Yeah, my pleasure, Mike. I'm always happy to chat. Keep safe and uh, have a uh, distanced but good long weekend. You as well, my friend. That is Mark Fisher. He is the Director of Education with the Thames Valley District School Board. And we did just get that information that the Doug Ford News Conference was due to begin at 1.30. It is now being bumped to 1.45. We're still going to have it for you, but it is being bumped to 1.45. And again, we've had reports of what will be in it. And that certainly is something that you can find at our website at globalnews.ca. Quick update on what is going on in Major League Baseball. If you're a Tigers fan, nothing to report. Man on first as the Tigers take on Cleveland. The Jays just did get the first hit of the season, and it belongs to Teoscar Hernandez because everything went three up and three down in the top of the first and the bottom of the first. Again, you can hear Blue Jays baseball on the radio on 980CFPL, and we will continue on at 980CFPL.ca with everything else that you need to know. But we had ground out, strike out, ground out for the Jays in the top of the first, and then it was ground out, strike out, ground out, in bottom so that's kind of the way that things have gone or actually it was it was uh ground out strikeout strikeout 
So, but Teoscar Hernandez is on base for the Jays, and we'll monitor that for you as the Jays and Yankees meet up in the first of three. They will play their next two on Saturday and Sunday, and the Jays are beginning to make some noise here because all of a sudden Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has singled, and the Jays have runners at first and second with nobody out. Uh, baseball provides such a nice distraction, doesn't it? It does. We will come back with more information for you as we await the arrival of Ontario Premier Doug Ford and the announcement that he will make not about a shutdown, or sorry, not about a lockdown, but they're terming it a shutdown or applying the emergency break. Remember, this is more of a 10 hut. This is to bring people to attention more than anything else. Does it differ a lot from what has been going on, from what we can gather no, not really. But when you end a lockout, some people think the world is back to normal. Here I go. And that's that's maybe what's pushed us into the position that we're in right now, where we are seeing rising case counts. We are seeing more of those variants. And you're seeing the effect on young people by the data that the science advisory table pointed out this morning. The effect on younger people. This is not a virus that affects people who are in their upper years. This is not what it is anymore. And that's something that's going to be hard to get through after a year of some people believing that. Let's take a break. News is on the way in just a moment. This is London Live on Global News Radio, 980 CFPL.